0: All right, and welcome back to another episode of Visionary Living, the podcast. Uh, I am your host, and my name is Rick, or Rico, Rico from Puerto Rico. And uh, I am actually here with a very awesome uh, guest. Uh, His name is Alexander
1: Starr. Could you just give us a little bit about who you are um, and introduce yourself to our guests? What's up, guests? I'm Alexander Starr, and I'm over here, Visionary Living, myself. I'm a recording artist from South Florida, USA, and uh, I spread love and good vibes through my music kind of what I do and it kind of takes me all over the place so
0: yeah and uh, and today's gonna to be a very interesting episode as we are going to be discussing collaboration and expression so uh, you know just before we di- dive deep into that uh, let's get this uh, podcast started.
2: Rah!
1: let's get personal
0: <laughs> let's get but
1: not too personal
0: not too personal <laughs> all right and we're back with another episode um again with my guest alexander star so today we're going to talk about uh, collaboration and expression um so why don't you get us started what, what do we mean when we say collaboration and expression how does that resonate with you what how do you feel
1: like that is a powerful place to stand excellent question so first and foremost i'm an artist I'm a songwriter. This is what I've done since like second grade. And anybody who's an artist creates, right? Even those who aren't artists creates. But when we're artists, that's like a part of our living and breathing. We create, we write, we, you know, we paint, whatever we do, we create. And um, what I'm realizing at this point in my career, man, is regardless of how good I get at what I do, how solid and masterful I get in my craft, It only goes so far without collaborating with other people who are good at their craft and who are mastering their craft. And that's when the real magic happens, not when, you know, I'm by myself. I can write this amazing song. Mm -hmm. It's about I can do it, but so can you. So let's come together and do it together and let's create something more powerful than we could individually. And, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, in my background,
0: we we call that teams. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know and and so it's really about uh, working in groups, working with teams, and how uh, ideas can flow more fluidly when we're interacting with other people, kind of pulling that forth yeah. um, and then also expression so collaboration was the one side, and then how does expression kind of play into all of that I mean well that's the beauty of it
1: because expressing yourself that's all art is art is you expressing your interpretation of that which you think about and you know coming together in teams yeah as you want to put it in the corporate way yeah you know uh it takes a minute i think for some artists to get there because again we just want to express like this is what i think this is what i feel this is what i do mm-hmm. I want you to feel me and you reach a point where you know you don't want to do that alone mm-hmm. when you get people with you who are expressing and thinking similar thoughts as you and the, the, the waves, the amplitudes just ripple so much bigger. So,
0: you know, and to piggyback off that, my dad always, uh, he always uses this analogy with me where he talks about charcoal and lighting a fire and he goes you know uh, you know you ever use charcoal to light a fire because he kind of looked a little confused at that <laughs> well sort of <laughs> okay so you have all these little blocks of charcoal little pieces of charcoal and together like you like build like a little mound you light it and it lights a fire now what happens when you take one charcoal away from the fire is that the charcoal by itself will burn out mm. but collectively as they're all there the fire maintains got it so the analogy that he always gave me was you got to stick with people of like-mind, of like-spirit, mm-hmm. like like, spirit, like what you're up to so yeah. to stay motivated in what you're up to.
1: yeah. How does that resonate with you? What do you, what do you think? I mean, 100%, bro. 100%. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And you gotta find people who are in the same direction as you. Because the way did I tell my son it's like, you can shoot beams of light in all different directions and they're beams of light. When well, you bring them all together and you shoot them in one direction, it becomes a laser. Mm-hmm. And that laser can cut through. Wow, that's powerful stuff.
0: I really appreciate that one. That's a nugget I'm taking with me. Um, And, you know, like, that's a lot of what I like to do is I like to, you know, have people focus themselves, um, you know, much like your laser analogy. Um, What what ends up happening is that people in general usually get pulled in all these different directions. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like all these different desires of what I want to do or what I want what I want to attain as a result. And now that we're being pulled in all these different directions, we're never actually going forward. We're constantly moving a little left, a little back, a little this way, a little this way, a little this way. Yeah. So to actually have all of your goals, dreams, desires, all of your daily actions all aligned with the one vision that you have, and that's, again, bringing us back to visionary living, having a vision that you're living your life out of, that you want to manifest, a goal, something that you can see clearly at the end. Mm-hmm. So being able to align all of your actions and your day-to-day in alignment with that one vision would have you propel so much faster than, than normal. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, and so that's kind of what you're saying happens with colla- uh, collaboration. Yeah, and I mean also in terms of like unified efforts, right, mm-hmm. like you multiply your reach when you multiply the people involved in what you're creating. You know, I, can, I can go in my room, and write and produce and record a really dope record. But if I come and tell you about this record and I tell you to share the record, you're less likely to share it if number one, I don't completely change your life with it, or number two, you had nothing to do with it. You'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll give it a listen. Right? <laughs> yeah. You'll get a listen. right? But if you were the one, if I did everything and I was like, hey man, what do you think about this? And you're like, yo, change this word to this right. and it'll have a different impact. And then if you had that little input on the song, mm-hmm. Now you're gonna be like, hey, check out this song. <laughs> hey, go, hey, hey, go listen to this song that I, I did with A Star. Right. Go, you know, I help, I help with this. Now you're going to, yeah. you know, yeah. fundamentally by nature want to push it as well because you are invested in it now. Yeah,
0: there's like a little ownership there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You
1: know, I, I you're find part that of too. The story.
0: A lot of people like, you know, there's no uh, if they don't pay for their ticket to go to the event. It's like there's no skin in the game, so that last minute opportunity of do like, I feel like going or not? Right. You know, yeah. that, that's there, but. Like you said, when there's ownership, when there's skin in the game, when I uh, have invested something, time, energy, anything that's valuable to me, and I've invested it in something, then I want to propel it and help it and, and support it growing. The same
1: thing goes for paid gigs, and we were talking about this. Setting your value and, and establishing your worth yep. in whatever you do, Like you're, you're going to have to do some stuff for free. Mm-hmm. right, as an artist, as a performer, as a speaker, mm-hmm. as a motivator, you're going to have to do stuff for free to prove your worth to people, right, uh, or companies, right, right. Um, but there comes a point where when you do things for free still, you get treated like it's free, right, and you get to your venue where, let's say, you're supposed to perform at or you're supposed to speak at, and there's no assistant there to help you set up the audio visuals, or there's things aren't in order, right? But then when you start setting a price and you set a value and you say, hey, I'll come and perform at your school, you know, it's not going to be free, but usually we charge 3K for this, but we'll give it to you for 500 because of this population of students at your school. We really want them to see it. It's only going to be 500 and so on and so forth. When they've invested something, even if it's not much, Mm -hmm. when they've invested something in it, best believe when you get there there's gonna be coffee for you there's gonna be a room for you there's gonna be something because they know that they've put value right whether or not it's up to your dollar standards or what you would want they've put a value on you so you're going to get treated as if they paid for you right versus always doing stuff for free they're gonna treat you like oh yeah he just came for free like (laughs) let let him show up when he shows up and we'll give him whatever he gets it's a big difference yeah,
0: and you know, the, uh, I think the biggest difference uh, in that kind of brings us right back to the name of the podcast, Visionary Living. If you have a vision for your value, if you know what you're worth and what you're trying to attain as a goal, you can go for it. But as long as we're kind of like back and forth, we don't have that clear vision of how much am I worth or what am, what is the service I'm delivering or they're not passionate about the product. You know, like you've said, uh, I think a couple times already in this podcast alone, how if your music is not impactful it can change his lives then it won't be like memorable mm-hmm. and so that's one thing else that I kind of want to talk to you about and highlight is like how you purpose your music because I think that uh not everyone does purpose their music the way that I've seen you do it so can you kind of speak into like what inspired like well, first of all what is your purpose for your music and what inspired that thought pattern or that
1: okay I'll, I'll do my best to get the amended version of this <laughs> okay I, I've been doing music my entire life Uh, full-time since 11th grade so I straight-A student graduated high school with a 4.0 didn't apply to a single college because I was in a recording group and we were gonna make it big the day I graduated high school walked the stage hopped in the van with my group drove from Fort Lauderdale to New York City the same night I walked the high school graduation stage and literally music is all that I've done since then and we had a really dope run um, We sold like 9,000 CDs from singing acapella nice lived with a pro athlete for two years He moved us in his house after we sold him a CD on South Beach and We're incredibly raw artists, but we were not business people mm-hmm. and it went stale because neither side neither the ball player or us had a plan mm-hmm. we didn't have uh, a vision for what we were doing, we were just like, yo, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, we're gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. And that never happened. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school and figured some things out and realized that the type of songs that I was being influenced to write didn't fulfill me. Mm-hmm. The type of lyrics that we were doing, man, they wanted like strip club records and they wanted club records. I hate the club, like, <laughs> I hate the club. There's there's no place where you can go to find more pretenders. Yeah. Than at a nightclub pretenders spending money that often most of them most of them don't have <laughs> and it's like it's all about like the club is probably the most shallow environment you can go and I'm not hating on the club I'm just telling you why I don't like the club every now and then you'll find me there because I need to meet somebody but besides that I hate the club because it's all surface. Mm-hmm. It's all surface. It's too loud to dive deep with anybody. It's yes. too loud to have a conversation. Yep. And everyone is judging you based on what section you're in, what you pull up in, mm-hmm. who you're standing with, what you're wearing. It's all surface. Yep. And that's not what I care about. I care about content. I care about like the nutritious aspects of people, not the surface, not the sugar coating. I love that. Yeah. So anyways... Um, at that point when i when we left the ball player's house and i decided to go back to school and get more straight a's and figure out who i am as an artist and as a person and as a writer that's when all my content started becoming purposeful that's when all my content started like mattering to me versus let me try and get the people what i want it became let me get the people what i have yeah and what i have it just has to genuinely honestly come from me and from my value system and so on and so forth so that's really where i figured out that's why Put a GPS in my artistic uh, system. Yeah,
0: know? yeah, that's really cool. That's a powerful story, and I really appreciate you sharing that with all of us, our listeners. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's cool to have a thing, you know, play stuff in our culture that's very driven with a uh, with a vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having a positive impact, and you know, like it, and it's cool to see artists in the industry that are not about selling out to what's popular for the money and that it's more about what are you doing with your music? How are you impacting the world with it? Yeah. You
1: know? Do you have a favorite song of yours that you kind of... A favorite song of, of mine? Of yours. You oh know, yeah, I mean, favorite. probably that's what I do best. That's what I do best? That's what I do best. Okay. It is uh, It is my old, my metaphorical middle finger to the industry <laughs> as an artist with a positive message when they know that you're about something. Yeah. I've been in many industry circles, many industry situations. When you are a dope artist but with a positive message, a lot of people don't know what to do with you Mm. because you're not already following the business trends that are set in place that they happen to be jumping on board with. This industry is bandwagoners. And if you're not talking about, you know, strip club this, bitch hold that, money, 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 you're not talking about that. You're not in line with the business model that's already going that direction. So they're afraid to invest in you. And oftentimes, they try to make it difficult That's because it's a risk. It is a risk, but no risk, no reward. These people, these labels, and I'm talking about like influential people with Uh money and who can actually move the needle. Yes. They would rather invest in what's already being done than invest in that next wave that hasn't necessarily caught on yet, but has huge potential. So my song, That's What I Do Best, is basically saying, man, these people trying to stop me, never rest, forcing me to swim upstream, but I'm not impressed because that's what I do best. Uh I like that a lot. It's literally my favorite song to perform. You should <laughs> hear me and my band, do it Do you mind if I use that song as our outro music? Yo, I not not only do I not mind, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you as soon as we finish this broadcast. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: Awesome, man. Oh, and so uh, actually, we have an exclusive. This is the first time that we're doing this. Um, don't know that I'll do it with other people, and uh, didn't have it planned before. But as our outro music for this podcast, at so the am. end of this podcast. I'm gonna put that song in there. So Holla.
1: let me say what's up to some people. Yeah, cool. go ahead. Say what's up. <laughs> who's who's live let's right see now? let who's live. Who we got? Julie Penn, what up? Derek Overton, what up? Yeah, Derek hates the club too. <laughs> Sophia, this is how refreshing to listen to. I appreciate you, Miss Sophia. Holla, <laughs> Holla. <laughs> Shout out to the Gypsy Poet hmm. on iTunes. Alright, let's set this back up. Hmm. Let's get back to it. Alright, so
0: let's uh let's kinda of bring Boys. us Let's bring us uh, back to the visionary living or the purpose of the podcast. I would love to bring us to a story that you have where you had a vision for the end result goal that you wanted to achieve in your life or manifest. Mm -hmm. And um, you used that vision almost like a lighthouse in a rainstorm where even amidst the chaos, you could clearly see the direction that you were going in. You maybe Mm -hmm. couldn't see land, right? But you knew the the direction. And so you just kept trudging through all of those circumstances, opportunities, and you attained it. You
1: have a, a story like that many which <laughs> which one okay I'll I say the number one example that I would use is my song this is my era
0: I love that song
1: so appreciate you this this is my you favorite. know I wrote that record in 2011 because I had a vision when I write songs I'm, I'm very intentional with what I where I want them to go mm. um and this is my era was my attempt to write a theme song for the Olympic Games. Oh, wow. It was 2011, and I'm like, yo, 2012 Olympics are coming up. I want to perform on the field, in the arena, wherever those Olympics are going to be at. I want to be on the, on the field doing the anthem for the Olympics. Nice. So I put myself in the mind frame. If I have been training my entire life, especially for the previous four years to be in these Olympic games. And I just won my event and I'm standing on the platform and they put that gold medal around my head and I threw the peace sign in the sky looking at the crowd, victorious. What phrase is going through my mind? And I'm like, yo, this is not my 15 minutes of fame because I've been training for this for a long time. Mm. This is not my moment. This is my era. This entire period of time will have my name in it when you read about it in the history books. This is not my moment. This is my era. So the vision came for me wanting to be front and center at the Olympic games. Wow. Didn't happen (laughs) in less less than a year. I put the song on the shelf, but I didn't forget about it. Fast forward to 2014. Mm -hmm. My brother, Kuda B is a co-founder of this is my era, which you know, the company, which we'll all get to later. Um, he got wind of a global leaders conference, the millennium campus conference coming to Lynn university in Boca. Mm. And that's basically a conference, uh, executive director, Sam Vagar. What up, Sam? Um, world leaders, student leaders from 50 countries around the world, panelists include Nobel prize winners, United Nations ambassadors, just like real cream of the crop people come together to discuss positively impacting the world. That's awesome. And, uh, Kuda suggested that I try and pitch a theme song for it, and he wanted to give a speech. So uh, I resurrected This Is My Era, breathed new life into it, and we pitched This Is My Era to the conference. And they liked it so much, they made it a hashtag of the conference, hashtag This Is My Era. Hey. Um, And what's cool about it is the acronym happens to be TIME, T-I-M-E, for This Is My Era. Wow. And it just kind of happened that way. But it's a cool like added bonus. That's a really cool serendipitous moment. Yeah, it was really cool, man. And it's about using your time, taking action now. No opportunities wasted. Uh, Got acronyms all day. Taking action now to make a difference. And we ended up, um, you know, that song, like I said, it was a few years old. Didn't really have anything to do with it. But then when we realized, like, yo, let's resurrect it. Let's put it directly to this purpose. This is how we introduced This Is My Era to the world. Kuda gave a speech at the end of opening night of the conference. Mm-hmm. Kuda gave a speech and he had calls to actions at the end of his speech and he said, who's ready to take action now to make a difference? Yeah, I am. <laughs> who's ready to turn to the person next to you and tell them your vision and collaborate? I love that. Who's ready to make it your era? And I was hidden in the crowd with a wireless mic yeah. and I stood up. I am like, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's looking around confused. And then my DJ dropped,
2: this is my era. Boom, and yeah, we turned I mean, the conference
1: awesome. into a concert. That's awesome. From there, and this is where the, the vision comes in and sticking through from there. And we had no idea what it was gonna turn into, no yeah. mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And dude, the stage was flooded with people after after my performance, student leaders from around the world coming up, hey man, we want you to come and do that at our school. Where are y'all? Oh, we're at Harvard. Okay, yeah, we want you to come to our school. Where are you? We're in Quebec. Yeah. We got headmasters coming up. And like from that performance, it right. literally sparked this is my era tour that has to date gone to over 50 venues in the U.S., the U.K., wow. Canada, France, Morocco, Rwanda, Italy, uh, all over the, yeah, everywhere. You have a blessed opportunity. Independent. No labels, no investors except us. Just vision. That's what happened uh, from me that trying to write sense. a theme song for the Olympics. It kind of created my own Olympic Games for my career, and I've been running the marathon. Man. So, wow, man! It's an honor yep. to
0: share space with you after hearing that story. Like that is um, some next level uh, living. If
1: you will. appreciate <laughs> you, man, appreciate yeah. you, man. More shoutouts. Yep, Daryl, what up? Hey yeah uh Sophia said I owe you guys big for bringing this up. Yeah. You know, we owe we owe you for coming through and checking us out. Thank you. We're here in humble service. Appreciate you. Oh yeah, Daryl, yo. Oh bet that up. So I met Daryl in uh Japan mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. He's a chef, uh uh-huh. And he made he made uh yeah, he made some really good falafels yeah and he said they're catering for the commentators for the 2020 olympics nice so we need to, i need to hit you up so i can get my chef outfit so i can sneak in <laughs> i'm gonna sneak in with you daryl
0: that's funny <laughs> um wow that's a that's a big leap from that vision that you had of playing in the games to like how it catapulted you you know and the whole story of This Is My Era was very powerful. So hopefully our listeners got something valuable from that. Um, and so if you were to kind of give them like a takeaway, from mm-hmm. what did you take away from that lesson in your life that you want to share with them so they could take it away?
1: Man, um, it's hard to narrow it down to just one. But I think the, the biggest takeaway is figure out what it is that your value that you bring to the table is. And I I was literally having this conversation last night with like an industry mentor Mm -hmm. and I'm still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. What value do I bring to the table that I can like not only share with the world, but like replicate. Right. Right. And it's probably going to be one of the hardest questions that you ask yourself, but like what is your gift and how can you use that gift Everybody has a gift. Everybody has some special talent or some special passion, right? How can you apply that passion to help the person next to you, to help somebody else? My gift, whether I like it or not, is writing music, is writing songs. Mm-hmm. If I chose to be an accountant, if I chose to be a lawyer, I would be daydreaming writing songs when I'm supposed to be listening <laughs> to your story and defending your case. I would literally be writing bars about your case. Like, I just cannot help it. Right. So. Now, I figured out that, listen, when I write, and I write from my genuine experience and contribute that, hoping that somebody else resonates with it, somebody else resonates with it because it's honest to me, right? And whatever is honest to you and that you can share with the world to let other people resonate, somebody wants to hear it. Somebody wants to live through your experience and through you doing what you're good at. Somebody will look up to you for it, so don't be scared to share that. That's Mm. probably the biggest takeaway because I was shy to share my vision, my music. I didn't want it. When I started, when I had that switch flipped and I started writing positive music, I wasn't going to share it. I was just writing it for me. Mm. I was just writing it for me and I was just going to keep it to myself because I was like, nobody wants to hear music with a positive message. You hear what's on the radio? Mm -hmm. Like that's what they want to hear. And then, yeah. Yeah. Sorry sorry to interrupt. You
0: just brought something up for me because my younger brother, he's actually an artist as well and mm-hmm. we have this conversation a lot. You know, of that whole like but this is what the industry wants. Therefore X Y and Z versus like
1: this is what I want to do. Yeah, you know. And-, and and the people don't know what they want. That's the thing. They don't know what they want till you give it to them. <laughs> when you give it to them Then they're like, either I like it, or I don't like it, or I'm impartial. But the people don't know what they want until you give it to them. That's why I don't never let no label, no A&R tell you, no, they want to hear bitches and hoes. No, they want to hear stripping. They want to hear infidelity. No, they want to hear what you got, and if it's dope, they'll like it. That's it.
0: And you know, know, that brings me to a a leadership distinction that we talked about in in the leadership context, Um, and that's like changing something. And when we want to change something, Right? It's usually in comparison to something in the past. Yeah. And so when we're living in that comparison or that, that mindset of comparing, um, we're actually never gonna be satisfied with what it is that we want, and we'll only see the possibilities of what is. Sure. So based on comparison, you know, would a millionaire who's never been a millionaire before ever be able to be a millionaire? Well, not based on evidence, because if we're talking about changing something, we're talking about changing the state of the finances that have never even hit a million dollars, let's say. Yeah. Right? But now, after achieving that goal and experiencing it, now uh, you know there's there's a state of creation there. So if you've never been a millionaire before, but now you put forth the effort, you say, you know what? There's no there's no evidence to support that I will achieve my goal, except for my desire and my vision. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, coming from a place of creation, really, it's like from scratch, there was nothing, and now there's something. So if you think yeah. about like the first time that a car was made, or when the Wright brothers built the airplane, you know, like there was no evidence to support that we could fly, right. yet they did it. Right. So, kind of like what you said, hey. they don't know what they want, so you give it to them.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And it's to even touch on the uh, the metaphor about like from being broke to being a millionaire. If you if you start off broke and then you get a million dollars right away, chances are without the right guidance, 100% without the right guidance, it's going to crumble. Because think about it this way. I put it as a weight room metaphor. Mm-hmm. You lay, lay me down on the bench press and put 325 pounds on the bar. Mm. Compare that to a million dollars. If I've never pushed 325 pounds before, I can't handle 325 pounds. Maybe I'll get it off the bar and I'll hold it right here. But when I try and push it up, yep. crack my ribs. Yeah. But start off with like, 170 180 and I do that five times, yeah. then 10 times, then 20 times, and I work my way up. Then I could eventually push that weight. I don't want you to just slap a million dollars on me. I won't turn it down if you got it. <laughs> I won't turn it down. <laughs> I, I want to build, give me a hundred thousand first. Let right. me see what I can do with a hundred thousand, then move it up to 250, then 500. And like I open the doors for these increments to come to me, and then by the time I get to a million. Now I know how to turn that one into five. Mm. Instead of just spending that one million down, which happens to a lot of people who come into new money. I would right. rather be mature and responsible with my money than to just grab it and then spend $700 on a Gucci belt. Yeah. And don't file my taxes. 700 I can get my taxes done for $700. So.
0: Um, yeah, so, all right, so let's bring us back to collaboration and expression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I, think that that's a valuable topic and everything that we're talking about, I, I, definitely want to bring it back to landing that. Um, and I also want to invite any of our live viewers, if you guys are, are watching live, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to contribute to the conversation, you're more than welcome to contribute. Um, the live opportunity is a limited opportunity that is only available when we record live. So <laughs> find it exclusive and ask away anything that you want to ask. But um, to bring us back to collaboration and expression, um, you know, I'm actually collaborating right now with uh, a few people about bringing together a center for mm-hmm. transformation and for uh, self-development work and stuff like that. And, you know, what I've found is i found that everything works most powerfully in teams. You know, everything works most powerfully. And if you think about it, like relationships, like a, a romantic relationship, that's a team. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about your businesses, they work in teams. Yeah. Obviously, families, that's a team. Your household, that's another team. Yeah. So we're playing teams, you know, in all of the different Facts. areas of our life. How do you play team? That's the question. How have you been conditioned to play team? Like,
1: what does what your collaborative efforts look like? Humbling myself hmm. and understanding that I don't have all the answers. Hmm. So before I get to that, Linda, yes, we'll talk. Um, shoot me a message, and then I'll message you back, and we'll figure that out. Thank you. Teams, um, humbling myself. Let's say, for instance, with, with, with my wife, with the missus right? Mm -hmm. I I can be very vision driven and very like, I set this goal, I'm going this way. But she reminds me that I have a family life at home and that I could be working all Sunday on emails all day and recording sessions all day. And she reminds me like, no, Sunday's family day. You're going to shut your laptop. You're going to set your phone on silent. And we're gonna watch a movie together. You, me, and our son. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Man, I love
0: that.
1: We're gonna go to the beach. We're gonna go to the pool and cook because if it were up to me, right. I'll be like this. Yeah. Focus. And I'll be no. doing this stuff all day. And like, you need people who remind you that there's like beyond one vision in your life. You gotta balance it. Right. And that's what teamwork is about is shifting the balance of your burdens because. Mm-hmm. To put it in a metaphor that, that uh, my homeboy, Grant D, did, we got a record out called Golden, check that out. But he was like, we're all spinning plates, right? Like, you, you know the metaphor, there's a stick, and then you got the yeah. plate spinning on the stick. And yo, we all got like 20 different plates, and you can't spin all those different plates alone. You gotta delegate. Right. And there are certain plates that you will be better at spinning than me and then you have things that you need done or you need help with That I can spend those plays better than right, you. It's right. about strengths and weaknesses and finding who fills the gaps.
0: You know, um, it, it, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because for a long time in my life, I was always a solopreneur. Um, and mm. so for me, it was like, I got to do everything. Like for the last three small businesses that I've owned, I've built the websites. I've filmed all the mm. uh, promotional material, you know, taking pictures, like yeah, sold it hired trained for it. Like I did all of it, you know, mm-hmm. and on one hand, it's very, um, useful because I'm a jack of all trades and I have all of these tools in my belt experiences that I've, I've done it all. But then on the other hand, uh, I learned that there's a limit to the growth when working alone. Yeah. And that as soon as I could expand my vision and essentially what I've been told fire myself, right. And hire someone else to replace me. Mm-hmm. the whole the whole point of growth and expansion is about moving my way up the ladder firing myself
1: from those positions replacing myself and you can use your time better exactly your time is better served doing what your gift and your purpose is rather than all of the clerical work mm-hmm. to support it or to showcase it you need you can get a virtual assistant to, to handle the emails if you can get somebody who can fill in these time consuming roles? I right. do the same thing, man. I've edited my own videos. Yeah. Like I said, I write, I record, I mix my own sessions. Um, like, I do my admin work. Mm-hmm. Everything takes time, man. And, yeah. and doing all this admin work, I can't create. I can't make new songs yeah. if I'm booking my shows. Yeah. I can't make new songs if I'm handling all of my business outreach and response and like everything that keeps me from being an artist, man. It's, it's tough to balance that time. Yeah, it's almost like on
0: one hand of anything, there's like the vision-driven part. And then on the other hand, there's like the business with the mechanical part. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think that when artists step into the business side of things because they don't have a team, then it maybe dilutes their content or maybe even stresses them out to a degree where they can't produce the same way that they would mm-hmm. if they were just focused on the vision. Hundred percent. I've been there.
1: Yeah, I've been there. I quite often frequent that way. Frustrated. <laughs> why do I have to be doing this? I got this song in my head. Why do I have to do this? Right. Want to do this. Right. And then bills coming and would be like, "Oh, you have to do this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah. Straight up. I remember now. Yeah. Straight up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. I find myself quite uh, overwhelmed a lot. And that's why I got good people doing good things, like my homie Lim Bass, bass player extraordinaire. He's watching now. What up, Lim? Um, yo, I'm gonna brag about my band now. My band is some of the dopest musicians in the world. South Florida's finest. How many uh, pieces
0: is your band again? So,
1: minimum five. Me, drum, bass, guitar, keys. Uh, But we go up to like 11. We got horns, we got background, we got, we're dope. Yeah, and I'd love to piggyback off that. I've
0: seen you live and mm -hmm. I think what what hooked me on you isn't so much wasn't so much your music but your power that you have on stage i think that the way that you present yourself as an artist um as a performance artist you're engaging i think that you're animated you're alive you know and you bring that excitement like it really it starts with you 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 know and i've seen you a few times actually perform the Uh night that i met you and then i also even saw you um at like a expo where you performed at an expo with yeah 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 I and I can like hands down your energy. Like I will appreciate come you, to man. your concerts anytime, any appreciate day. That, I'm always like, "Yo, freaking Hi. Alexander Starr he's gonna
2: be on my podcast. You wouldn't even know it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are amused, for hey. me, my friend. And I appreciate, appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. I um, I'm a yeah. I don't even. Know. I, I, don't, I don't even want to go into it, man. I accept <laughs> the compliment. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that.
0: You have what I call the it factor. Mm. Right and it's, it's that ability to just kind of flow with that natural ebb of life and like move energy and manifest. Ooh,
1: that's you know? huge. Nobody's ever put it that way. But I appreciate it. And I think the key word in that is natural mm-hmm. because again, I wouldn't be doing music if I was if I had to be somebody or something that I'm not, right? When I'm on stage, I'm the same person that I am off stage. Mm. And I think that's what makes it so natural. I'm literally just up there having musical conversations with multiple people at once but not to one person specifically. Mm. I think um, my boy Andre, uh, AXR The Alchemist, producer, DJ extraordinaire, I collaborate with him a lot. He told me, and it's always stuck with me. Mm. He was like, Star, you know what makes your performances so captivating? It's like when you're up there, it's like you're not performing for the audience. It's like you're performing to God. Yeah, wow. And I'm like, you know what? That is kind of true. Because literally, when I'm on stage, I zone out. Like, I'm mm. not looking at anybody in particular. I'm mm. looking 20 miles down the road, mm. and I'm literally just like exposing myself, for mm. lack of better words. And I think that that comes, and in my mind, like my body's on autopilot. Right. Like, because I know my songs word for word, melody for melody, line for line. Right. I know the motion of my body just moves. But in my mind, I'm talking to myself. Mm. I'm singing outward, but I'm talking to myself and I'm saying, you're not moving enough. Uh, Why are you standing so still? Mm. Or, you know, I'm just having these conversations. And then at the end of my show, I'm like, man, I could have done so much better. And then I look at the video and I'm all over the place. I'm moving, like I was doing everything that I was telling myself I wasn't doing. And I don't know, I think it's just that vision of like, yo, I want to be beyond even what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. and it's not good enough for me. But when I'm giving it out, like it's more than good enough for the people receiving it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I still got so much farther I want to go. Like it's yeah. crazy. I kind of just opened up right there and went on a tangent. No, I absolutely love tangent you were going.
0: <laughs> with um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, and, and I kind of like bringing it back to collaboration or expression in this in this sense. Um, how would you think? How could, what could you give other artists, performing artists? like what nugget could you give them in performing, given that situation that you were just talking about, about how you kind of zone out, there's like that, uh, also the internal coach is what I call it, mm. and how is your internal coach? Is he your friend or is he your foe? You know, have we conditioned your internal coach to be- use
1: the beat up stick and kind of be a critic, mm. or have we used the
0: uh, internal coach to give us the kind of advice
1: that guides us and makes us feel good no, no, no. The latter. <laughs> um, I think is less of a coach and more of a compass, mm. right? You just gotta like go with your gut. When people ask, do I get nervous? Nervousness is simply your gut telling you you're not prepared. Mm. That you're not, you haven't fully prepared yourself to do the task that you're about to endeavor upon. That's an interesting perspective. It's, it's literally like, listen to your gut. If I'm gonna go up and give a speech on chemistry and the anatomy of atoms, mm-hmm. right? and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I have the right to be nervous. Of course, yeah. And I'm about to get in front of people and completely come up with something that I know nothing about, I will be nervous. Mm. But if you say, President Obama wants a private performance, if so that's what I do best, I will be the opposite of nervous. Yo, <laughs> I know that song, I am about that life. Yeah. Let's do this, drop the beat. No beat, I'll do it acapella, because that is a reflection of me. I have no reason to be nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as a performer, to like loop it back in, because right. I'm the king of tangents. <laughs> um, I love it. To loop it back in, like dude, if if you're an artist and you're a performer and you're being genuine, man, you have no reason to be nervous. You have no reason to second guess what you're gonna do because you're literally simply doing you. You're doing what you were built to do in front of people. Either do it in front of people or keep it secret. Mm. If you believe in it enough, you believe in yourself enough to do it in front of people mm. and let it come to life. The people who are drawn to your vibration will come to you. The people who are not who will shy away. And it is what it is. Right?
0: Yeah. That's, that's great advice. I, I appreciate that. And that's an interesting perspective on nervousness. So, um, thanks for that insight. You know, hopefully some of our listeners took something away from that. Um, and you know, I think it's cool too that, you know, being on stage, being able to see yourself like the observer, Mm-hmm. That's what I call it, you know, awakening the observer. So once you can be the observer, that's when I think like uh, what you what you're doing is so practiced that it's now mindless. Mm-hmm. And so now that it's mindless, it's like um, I, my mind can now focus on other things, like like the uh, the fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, am I being animated? Or am I you know using the stage? Am mm-hmm. I you know how are my my, my inflections and my voice all yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, so I think it's very powerful to, uh, to get people to a state of mastery, so then then they can get to that point of freeing, freeing their mind and, and kind of, you know, opening that up. For sure. Um, so we are uh, coming down to the last maybe 10 or 15 minutes of the of the episode, so I just want to make sure that um, we create as much value for our guests as possible. For sure, for um, sure. So A, any live guests, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, we're going to kind of review that now. you have anything you want to share?
1: I want to shout out. Taylor Davis, what up, TD? (laughs) Just reading out these, uh, just read on this exact topic yesterday in the Entrepreneur Mind by Kevin Johnson. He recommended writing out every functional role your business needs, even if at the beginning you're doing everything, make a plan to replace each role, firing yourself. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom! You're always your own worst critic, star. You're bomb, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Easier said than believe, though. Hey, real talk, though. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, and I think I will continue to be so. It's just, I think. Oh wow! Oh, Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Are y'all okay? I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. Are y'all okay? You know, it's funny whenever, uh, whenever someone drops the phone and I'm facetiming them. Boom! Oh. And whenever they lift the phone back up, I'm like pretending like my head bumps, and I'm like, uh, like All right.
1: Ah! <laughs> Hope you got insurance. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, cool. So uh, I wanted to take this opportunity now. If you have anything coming up that you'd like our listeners and our viewers to know about so that they can follow you, they can support you, they can, you know, see what you're up to, go to Definitely. events, whatever, you know, now's a great time to plug yourself. Okay, so works? the number one
1: thing that I'm gonna plug right now is my new endeavor. As a recording artist and as a songwriter, I want to not only leave my imprint with my music, I want to inspire other artists to write the way that I write without Mm -hmm. ignorance, without degrading women. Most of the time, even without profanity, even though I'm a human, I experience real life things. I like putting out clean content so that my peers can listen, kids can listen, grandmas and grandpas can listen. And everywhere in between, I want everybody to enjoy my music the same. Mm -hmm. I created an online songwriting tutorial called Gold Writer Pro. Oh wow. How to write songs with value. Everybody has a life experience that only you have lived. And I want to teach people how to turn their life experiences into lyrics, into songs, versus li- listening to the radio and saying, oh, that's what a hit song sounds like. Let me follow that. No, follow your gut. GoldWriterPro.com. I literally just launched it. I'm in the test phases. I want, I need y'all to go, then, go check it out, subscribe to it, and give me your honest-to-God reviews for Goldwriter Pro. Am I providing value? What am I talking about that you love? What do you want to hear that you that I'm not talking about yet? Right. And, you know, sign up and go write a Pro. <laughs> Check it out.
0: No, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to share it with my brother. I was telling you about that. He's a music- musician, an artist, both my brothers, actually. So I'll have them pop on there. Uh, I for think It's sure. very awesome, too, that you, you're you creating a platform for people to uh, kind of, I guess, recontextualize the relationship to expression and collaboration and mm-hmm. uh, and to artistry you know, yeah. having people come from a place of pur- purpose and passion as opposed to following trends, being a trendsetter, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, making those, not changes, but creating a new path that hasn't, you know, been created before, mm-hmm. even though there's no uh, evidence to support that it's been, that it's possible.
1: Step right. into it. You got got. We need every, every industry, every era needs trailblazers. And um, I feel like get yeah, one trailblazer to go down this path in the woods like two people can follow that path. Then four people can follow that path. Then eight, and just exponentially Mm grow. And if I'm writing dope records, minus ignorance, I feel like we can have the entire top 10 of billboard flooded with records that don't degrade women and aren't ignorant right now. It's the opposite. Probably nine out of 10 records of the top 10 are ignorant or reckless in some way. And I'm a father. Like I got an eight year old little boy, eight year old huge boy. And, uh, he listens to music and you know, when I hear the type of things that he's listening to, I know he doesn't get it, Uh but it's almost like just sprinkling extra negative chemicals in, in junk food Like Every kid can have McDonald's every once in a while, but if every song that you're listening to is McDonald's, Mm. like you're gonna have so much cholesterol in your mentality. Oh my God, I love that. that. that You're just gonna (laughs) become like, Mentally and socially, morbidly obese with <laughs> ignorant content. And I'm just saying there needs to be a balance. I'm not saying stop going to the clubs, people. I'm not saying party music is terrible. I'm, I'm not saying all of that. I'm right. just saying, like, balance. you can't have 9.95% of the hit songs on the radio be about partying and, and drugs and all that stuff and then not have something that's actually. Dope with a good message. I'm not saying make corny music either. I'm not saying make Twinkle Twinkle Little Star (laughs) records or you know Mother Goose nursery rhymes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a bunch of dope artists with dope bars, dope melodies, dope everything that are not into being ignorant, and we don't get represented enough on larger platforms. So that's what I'm trying to inspire. So that's what I do with my artistry, and that's why I made GoldWriterPro.com. GoldWriterPro.com. Correct.
0: Okay. Yep. G o l d
1: w r i t e r p r o dot com to teach people how to write records the way that I do, and my records have literally taken me around the world. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not have heard of me before, but
0: you know, I, I just got an inspiration, uh, and uh, I, I would love to, if you're open to it, sometime in the future, maybe consider writing a music creation workshop. Mm-hmm. So taking my uh, knowledge and experience as a trainer doing workshops and development and then taking your knowledge in the, you know, in the industry of speaking and or, uh, artistry and you know what you do mm-hmm. and kind of bringing those tools together into one maybe two or three hour experience for people mm-hmm. where if you are an artist and you're looking to take yourself to the next level, come discover, rediscover your connection to
1: artistry, your purpose, your X, Y, and Z. I love it. Yeah, right? I love it, that's <laughs> right in the lane of what I'm working on. Collaboration, so, hey. right here.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Collaborating
0: on expression, so that's great. Um, awesome, so now that we're, you know, coming down to the to the wire as we close our episode, um, you know, is there anything else that you wanted to plug, or is that like your, the big thing that you just want people to know about is your Gold Writer
1: Pro? I mean, Gold Writer Pro and just, listen, I'm an artist support my music so I can be seen and felt and heard by more people. I very rarely tell people, oh, go follow me. Or, go like my page. or like I don't like saying those things, but it's kind of necessary. Maybe not like so much me doing it, but if you like what I'm about, like please share my music. Tell somebody about my music. Ask somebody to follow me and say, hey, yo, this guy puts out dope content and I think you'll really like it. Go check out at Mr. Alexander Star on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, everything is at Mr. MR Alexander Star. Like just tell somebody about me and that'll help me out tremendously. Yeah. And we build from there.
0: And honestly, you know, being that your music and that the service that you provide, the product that you deliver is from such a noble purpose or cause. I think that deserves the kind of exposure that you're that you're after. You Thank know? you, man. So uh, I'm definitely, I always share your stuff. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, you know, uh, as we close the podcast, I just want to uh, mention a few things about me. Uh, so for one, you might have heard me laugh a few times on the podcast. I have a very unique laugh, uh, maybe a little bit loud or obnoxious, but unique and natural, nonetheless. And it is on iTunes Store. So if you have an iPhone and you want to have my laugh as your ringtone, it be great. $1.29, download it.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah, I mean? that's brilliant. I'm like, hey... Big respect
0: for that. Thanks, man. It, 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 a lot of people freaking commented on it before I had um, the, the gonads to just to put myself out there and expose myself. Hey, that's purpose
1: right there. He yeah. was giving that laugh for a reason. <laughs> it's noteworthy. See, he didn't have to pay a dollar twenty nine for that.
0: Yeah, you got it free on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, iTunes start coming to Android soon. I just got to put it up on the platform. Uh, for Android, but if you guys could download that, that would support me—huge, huge support. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, and then just wanted to bring it back to Visionary Living. So this is the podcast that you're listening to now. Visionary Living—the uh, purpose of the podcast is to feature guests and to talk about moments in their life where they used a vision or a goal or the end result that they wanted to create, and that uh, they use that in order to overcome their circumstances, challenges, and opportunities. Um, and so today we had a. Uh, Alexander Starr, it was absolutely great to have him on board, and uh, and so if you could just subscribe to the podcast channel, whatever platform you're using, then every week when we put out new content, it'll alert you right away, you can see who's new, who's up and coming, and what's going on. Um, uh, alternately, I do want to say that this podcast is uh, dedicated to Brenda Rivera. Brenda Rivera is uh, my mom who passed away when I was 13. And uh, this is my opportunity to allow her to live on through me and through some of the projects that I'm doing. So uh, much love, Brenda Rivera. And uh, if you guys are interested in uh, joining my podcast, being a featured guest on my podcast, I would love it. So please reach, uh, reach out to me via Facebook, either on Messenger, uh, email me, text or call if you have my phone number. And if not, you can look up my website, pond to flight like a body of water, and you're going to go fly. So Pond2Flight, pond to flight pond T O F L I G H T dot com. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for your time your attention. And uh, I'll be adding uh, a song from Alexander Starr as our closing music today. So you know,
2: That's what I do best. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, 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 Do do do. La, da, ba, da ba, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to look at the world through the eyes of a child, child, child. But I haven't done that since I was a child, I was a child. And I must have walked a thousand miles as a child Learning how to make it on my own, long road Living life like a big freestyle I just go and I realize same It could have been money, it could have been Love, it could have been Quicker than you know, but then again, pain, it could happen. Hard times, it could happen. But trouble ain't nothing but the chance to let you grow. Whoa, whoa, man, these people trying to stop me never rest. Forcing me to swim upstream, but I'm not impressed. Cause that's what I do best. That's what I do best. That's what I do best. And I got the whole world thinking it can't be done. So I beat my chest, cause that's what I do best. That's what I do best. That's what I do best. I ain't never scared, I'm forever ready. So come and get me while I beat my chest, cause that's what I do best. <laughs> Whoa, gotta thank the Lord for the people I know. Cities I go, living I do. Cause Face the world through the highs and the lows Fearing no man while I'm walking on through Like be doo doobidoo-bop-bop Strut up the block, I'm on my way, oh labadoop be doo doobidoo-bop-bop He writes the game plan, that's how I know fame It could have been money It could have been love It could have been quicker than you know But then again pain It could have been, Hard times. Could have been right. Trouble ain't nothing but the chance to let you grow I swear these people trying to stop me never rest Trying to force me to swim upstream but I'm never impressed Cause that's what I do best, that's what I do best, that's what I do best And I got the whole world thinking it can't be done so I beat my chest Cause that's what I do best, that's what I do best what I do best I ain't never scared, I'm forever ready to so come and get me while I beat my chest Cause that's what I do best hey, Tough times get your mind to grow and I've been pushing so long man. I swear I must be swole They drop these rocks off in my street They build these walls all in my way Thinking I'ma fold the hand I got But I'ma straight flush all of them down the drain But y'all don't hear me though all. Hey me shine cause I'm golden, traveling the world rocking AFR clothing, peace sign up, that's the silhouette I'm holding, pocket full of laundry, my money steady falling, boy what you talking about, you know I be rolling, pin them haters up and knock them down, I be rolling, trying to make a brother go hard for who you wanna test, you know that's what I do best, that's what I do best, that's what I do best, and I got the whole world thinking it can't be done while I beat my chest, cause that's what I do best, that's what I do best, that's what I do best I ain't never scared, I'm forever ready To come and get me while I beat my chest Woo! I swear these people trying to stop me never rest Trying to force me to swim upstream but I'm never impressed huh. And when they tell me I'm nothing, nothing, nothing I'm nothing like the others, I tell them I know That's what I do best, that's what I do best